We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. To make a rich, smooth cold brew, Tim Horton steeps 100% Arabica beans for 16 hours. What could be richer than that? Well, uh... How about blending in swirls of sweet Irish cream? Rich enough? Ooh, I guess. Not quite. Because Tim Hortons tops that cold brew with the cloud of sweet cold foam. Now, what could be richer than that? Nothing? Exactly. Irish cream cold brew with cold foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try cold foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. All Hit Radio Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the X Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host. And your guide us together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 8 p.m. Eastern until midnight on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Starcom Radio Network, Digital Broadcast Network, and Digital Satellite Network. Worldwide toll-free 800-610-7035. Email exxonatxxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, TV, And you can listen to the Exxon 724-365, including the live show at www.exxonradiotv.com. It is Tuesday, October the 6th in the year 2015, and my first guest tonight, ExoNation, is Stephen Culls. He is the founder, director of SasquatchDetective.com, and the author of two books, 50 Large and What Would Sasquatch Do? Now, Steve has had a lifelong fascination with the Bigfoot phenomenon since an early age in 1998 after reading Monsters of the North North Woods. Steve, like many of the general population, had believed that sightings were exclusive to the Pacific Northwest. But he learned that there were numerous sighting reports close to his residence in upstate New York. Steve began his first quest in 1998, seeking knowledge from other researchers in the field. In 1999, Steve started his first local grassroots organization, the Adirondack 
Research Organization. Here to tell us more about his, his investigation into Bigfoot, as well as Bigfoot sightings across the United States, is Steve Culls. And Steve, always great having you on the show. How have you been, my friend? I have been excellent. Thanks for having me on, Rob. I really get excited to spreading the word and educating people, so it's part of the job. Okay. What is the latest about Bigfoot? Well, it's been really quiet, at least on, on some of my fronts. Uh, the last couple of years, we've been inundated with with stories and research projects that have basically gone nowhere. Uh, we had the... Uh, the uh, the Sierra Kills uh, incident where a person allegedly shot a juvenile Sasquatch that really any DNA that was ever tested turned turned it out turned out to be nothing but bear. We have the Ketchum study, which was really not done all scientifically, and that's drawn some fire. We've had the Sykes study, which was a DNA test they did, mainly dealing with the Himalayas and, and Nepal and that type of area, which turned out to be some sort of relic polar bear. So it, there's a lot of things that were uh, big letdowns. Of course, there was the the uh, the second big Bigfoot body hoax that went on uh, a, a couple of years ago. It ended about a year and a half ago and it's been really quiet since by, mm-hmm. by the gentleman from Georgia and um, since then it's been really quiet it's almost like there's a hush people don't want to come forward again and there's in, in the Bigfoot community itself there's this big uh, as there always has been there's been this big paranormal versus flesh and blood debate and uh, that's gotten to a point where it's it's really gotten pretty vicious and uh, I kind of just step away from it and let people you know have their own opinions and yeah pretty much that's that <laughs> steve what convinced you that sasquatch was real well i, I think what, what convinced me is is and when i went into this i had a fascination when i was a kid mm-hmm. but as i got older i kind of got more skeptical and i had become a professional investigator and private investigator and then in 98, I started talking to people. And in 99, I started talking to even more people, some witnesses, including a couple of police officers that have had sightings, some firefighters, even a scientist at one point in time. And that really um, that really had started to make me scratch my head. I'm a, I'm a, trained, I'm a trained forensic interviewer. Right. And I remember it came to be about 1993. I was interviewing this gentleman, an ex-Vietnam uh, veteran, Marine Corps, truck driver now. And literally, as he's telling me about his encounter, you could see the hair standing up on his arms, the jugular vein distension, and he was pretty scared. So that started – that was the first thing to make me go, hmm, there's something more to this than just, you know, hoaxes and misidentifications. In your opinion, how come Bigfoot has not been, uh, you know, been found, been captured? How can he be so elusive with all of today's technology? Well, I believe it took quite a while for them to discover the giant panda. Right. In fact, that that had gone on for for 70 years um, on and off. And I think a couple of factors come into play. First of all, the creature we're dealing with is is undoubtedly super, super intelligent, not as intelligent as us per se, but on an intelligence level, it's pretty smart. And I think its survival skill is evasion. Um, second of all, I don't think there's been, you know, as far as a professional approach or putting people putting a lot of money into, mm-hmm. 
you know, like the way they would do it from a, from a uh, from the aspect of a panda bear. There's been there's been expeditions over the years that have had some funding, but not not to the level, not the consistent funding uh, that the search for other animals like the billy ape had had received. So I think that's a couple of reasons why. What's the most interesting story about Bigfoot you have ever heard? Well, it it, it always um, never ceases to amaze me when people are at a cabin and they've had activity where they feel it, you know, walking on their porches. And we had one like that back in the 70s, and it's always fascinating. It was in, in Vermont. And these people had been having sightings on and off through the years. And then one night they were all sitting around in their living room and they could hear it. And they actually saw it creeping around their porch and they could hear it walking on their porch. And to me, those kind of stories are the most interesting because they're getting really close to, to humans. And um, Well, let me ask you this, Steve. What's the craziest? You know, what's oh, the, it's been a fascinating. Yeah, Steve, Steve, we're having problems with uh, Skype. The, you're, you're coming in very chatted. So uh, I don't know. Uh, we we didn't hear your last response, mm-hmm. Steve. We're having problems with uh, you know hearing you over here. Okay. Do you want to call me on a landline? That may work a little bit better. I'm sure. Is, is that the number I've got? That ends that is in correct. five nine. Okay, Steve. Yep. We're we're going to take a commercial break. We're going to call you right up, Steve. Uh, and. Um, Sorry about this, Exxon. This is real live radio. This is what happens. Steve Cull is my special guest. www.extremeparanormalteam.com and www.sasquatchdetective.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Steve and I return after this short break. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. I believe we have Steve uh, Coles with us. Steve, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Oh, there we go. Thank you very much, Steve. Sorry about the inconvenience to you, Steve, and sorry to you, the members of the XO Nation. Um, Steve, once again, thanks very much for coming on the show. I know you're a busy guy these days. In fact, you're, you've always been busy ever since I've known you. You you, you keep you're, you're like the the Energizer Bunny that keeps going and going and going and going and going. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I do. And uh, it was about five years ago, I started jumping into the paranormal stuff, too. Yeah. Not I that see. I think there's anything not that I think there's anything paranormal to do with the Sasquatch. Right. But it was it was kind of an interest of mine. And, um, you know, that, that's been a remarkable journey as well. Um, Steve, as a, as a forensic uh, investigator, what has been, if any, any forensic evidence to substantiate the claims that Bigfoot is real? 
Well, I, I think the work of Jimmy Chokut, uh, when he did the dermal ridge analysis on several of the castings, mm-hmm. I think that was very significant. Uh, one thing that I've run into, and it's on, it's on, the, on my website under the archives, is uh, I had gotten a cast in 2006. Um, a few years later, uh, one of my friends, another researcher, said, hey, did you see the cast I got last year? And he showed me, and I realized it was the same foot. So when we compared the, the actual tracks, they were the same heel width, they were the same toe heel length, but the toe splay was different. And that was awesome because there's a couple of unique items on it, including uh, an elongated middle toe and a callus. So, I mean, you look at them side by side, you can tell it's the same foot. But his toe splay was a little bit wider than mine, and his toes were more clear, which made a lot more sense because it was in a softer substrate. But what we have here is a flexible foot, that was found within a mile of each other two and a half years later. Mm. So and that 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 by any means is forensic evidence of you know there's a footprint and there's the evidence right there. I mean that is exactly. forensic evidence. What about so, what about the Gimlin pack? We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready for spring? Well, now's the perfect time to head out to your local garden center and pick up a hydrangea from proven winners to add to your landscape. Proven winners hydrangeas are gorgeous and simple to care for. There's just no better or easier way to enjoy a flower-filled summer. Take the time to plant one now and look forward to years of enjoyment and compliments. Look for Proven Winners Hydrangeas in the white containers at your favorite garden center. Nursing Philem, what's, what's your take on that, Steve? Well, you know, uh, there's been a lot of claims, and, and, and that was my first foray here on the XO. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But uh, there's been a lot of claims, but a lot of those claims uh, are stories uh, as far as the I was the guy in the stoop story by Bob Hieronymus. Yeah. We know that the story had, had deviated, you know, when he first when he first told it to how he's telling it now, yeah. especially in the fact that, you know, he was saying he didn't show it to anybody, but then later on now he's saying he showed up at the bar to show everybody. Um, and, and just the fact that there's no suit present to say, oh, here's the suit. Um, the, you know, and then you go with Philip Morris, the costume maker. Well, Bob Gimlin, or rather Bob Hieronymus does not describe the same suit that Philip Morris describes. So there's inconsistencies there. I, you know, I, since I've been on, I've actually had a chance to meet Bob Gimlin even more. Uh, and, and I just, in meeting him, it's just overwhelming to think that he would be kind of lying about the whole thing. I mean, he's just one of those genuine guys, warm-hearted, yeah. you know, hey, let me, you know, I would give you a shirt off his back to, uh, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I've heard good things about Gimlin, but Patterson had a checkered past. Uh, very true. Uh, you know, as far as. You know, I, I guess the the big thing, I guess that what skeptics like hanging on to is, mm-hmm. here's a guy who wants to get a Bigfoot on film, and he does. And because he wanted to get a Bigfoot on film for a documentary, and he actually gets it, we should be scratching our heads and being suspicious of that. Mm-hmm. And I find that kind of kind of strange because 
I go out, I go out in the forest all the time. Right. And if I could get it on film, I would. And, you know, would the same argument be made of any Bigfoot researcher that came back with a film say, hey, look, I, I've got to film a Bigfoot. And people would turn around and say, well, that's got to be a hoax because you went looking for it. Well, you know, yeah, kinda, I, I think the difference, Steve, number one would be that that you are known and respected as a Bigfoot researcher. You know, you've got respect. You've paid, you've paid your dues. Another thing, you've been searching for Bigfoot for years. Let's look at the other side of the coin. Patterson, checkered past. First time he goes out to get a, uh, to, uh, to film Bigfoot, he does. We're talking night and day here, Steve. Yeah, well, you know, everybody has an opinion to it, yeah. and I, I can't argue that that opinion. Right. But what what I can't what I can say is that Patterson went in the woods quite a bit, you know, in finding tracks and doing research. In fact, there was uh, uh, the first uh, ever uh, alleged Bigfoot body hoax, uh, and there was a spat between Patterson and Renee DeHinden, mm-hmm. between the Patterson group and Renee DeHinden's group, and John Green was kind of caught in the middle of it. Uh, so. You know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Paul Freeman uh, in, in his video, the late Paul Freeman. Yes. And, you know, it, it, on stage, it looks like a real good, good print. And he was a well-respected researcher for a while. And then there was a little chicanery. Yeah. So it made his cash checkered, too. And that's unfortunate, you know, that, that people make these missteps. And I, and I kind of look at it this way, too, <laughs> is that, um, you know, a lot of these guys that have been doing this, I mean, they're not public relations experts. Right. So sometimes they say do things that kind of that are kind of off, you know, off the norm. Um, you know, there was one particular individual I know he does not interview well, and he made a statement that I'm sure was just a misstatement, but he did it on live TV, and uh, they went right after him, and they went right for the jugular arm, and it made him look really bad for a while. Wow. So, you know that that that's why when I talk, I try to mm-hmm. take a breath, try to. At least think of what I'm going to say before I say it, and and if I don't know something about something, I'll say I'll admit that because there's no admission to ever being wrong or not knowing the answer to to something. So, in your in your opinion, so, Steve, why are so many people hoaxing evidence then? Well, I think there there's several things that come into play. Number one, there's the joke factor. Everybody wants to have a joke, but I think in a lot of cases, um, it's it's a it's some sort of um, in, in certain cases, there there is a psycho- psychological incident or a psychological factor into it. Uh, for example, I, I remember getting a phone call, a report from this guy who had like a 15-minute encounter with a Sasquatch. And he was describing, the first thing I had him describe was the terrain he was on. He said the grass was knee-high and, and all this other stuff. So I had him describe the Sasquatch, and then I asked him to describe the Sasquatch's feet. Mm-hmm. And he completely described the feet, and I'm scratching my head, well, if the feet... If the grass was knee high to him, how could he even see the feet of this creature? Right. Obviously, he couldn't have. But then I, I, I always do a little probing questions about somebody's past, and you do that very nonchalantly. And it turned out the man had just been recently divorced. Oh. So, I, so I, I, I think what had happened is, and the guy was an older guy, so I think what happens is, is that you know something a psychological trigger is like you know I need a little excitement I want to feel like I belong to something and, and that's what they do. There was another one that was on another radio show uh, that this guy was having them in his backyard and it was just an old guy taking care of his sister and two guys went out there and they said this is in the middle of the city, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. 
So, you know, there, there are some psychological fa- factors. Then you get the pranksters, the, the kids that want to make it, you know, do a little YouTube video, ha, 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 chuckle, chuckle, see if we can't fool people. And actually, the first people to ever really start that was Penn and Teller with the Sonoma video hoax, really. I think that was the, the real big one when it started coming out on the computer. They dedicated a website. And uh, that was like one of the first cases that I ever came across that I went after. And I, you know, three months before they admitted to it, I was telling everybody, this is a hoax based on this. And I think it's made to look like, make somebody, especially in this field, look like an idiot by saying, oh, yeah, that's real. Gotcha. Gotcha. And and then finally, you have the the profiteer or the slash uh, bounty hunter, where either you're going to take advantage of, of a person that's having these, like the old guy, they're going to take advantage of this and they're going to try to, you know, conjure up this great story to make money on it. Um, you can read about that in 50 large, um, or you're going to, you're going to do it to go on a nation, a nationwide tour with this, this circus act with a, a rubber suit in the back of a trailer. And, you know, it, it's those types of things that really, Turn the general public off, and, and to be honest with you, it turns a lot of Bigfoot researchers off when this stuff goes on. Steve, with all the uh, different TV shows on so-called reality shows, are they an asset to serious researchers like yourself, or a hindrance? Well, uh, let, let me let me <clears throat> talk specifically. There was one show that came out in Animal Planet, and um, uh, that that started the whole thing. And I, I don't think it's uh, altogether a, a bad show. I think that, you know, they have a timetable to, to meet, and I've been on there, and I've helped them with a few episodes. And there's a timetable to be met, and unfortunately, they can't always investigate as much as they want, but they try to keep a serious tone to it. So they made a lot of people come forward and say, yes, I've been having this. But now what we're getting is I'm getting inundated with, well, I heard tree knocks. Well, I heard this, this sounds. And we're getting a lot of these sound audible ones, but no, you know, and those are kind of, okay, that's, that's great. I, I want to know what people see. You know, that's that's the important. Sure. Thing. The other shows that the, the other shows that have come out, where generally it's like you know, um, how should I put it? It's like Duck Dynasty meets um, uh, Monster Hunters, <laughs> and, 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 and those are the shows that are being put out there, and they're not really doing us all too good. Because when people think, and people that are big fans of that show, they think we all go running out there, yeah, let's go get them, bang, bang, bang. And, and we're not like that. You know, we're, we're, you know, we set up camera traps, we set up audio sure. traps, we, we do our, you know, we do our calls, we do some sound blasting, we'll see what, and we see what we have. I've got, yeah. I, I, I've and, got to be honest with you, I can't understand what anybody sees in that stupid show, Duck Dynasty. I, I why well, it's silly and it's very staged and uh, you know I think that's what people want nowadays. It's, they just they just <laughs> they just want to escape and and you know I, and I understand I understand sure. the, the methodology behind it. I'm yeah. not really a big fan of the show. I think I may have seen two episodes, but but uh, you, like you said, I'm very busy yeah. to be actually sitting around watching TV a lot. Yeah, I, I guess that's why Donald Trump is doing so well too. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know, uh, Steve. Um, what, yeah. what about what about uh, uh, scat evidence or, or uh, hair follicles that have any ties to DNA? Anything like that when it comes to Bigfoot? Well, my good friend Paul, Paul Bartholomew uh, alleged, uh, says that you know I've seen it and I've seen the letter in Chinese. 
he actually somehow got a hold of, and actually I think it was his protege, Dr. Warren Cook, that actually got the hair in the first place, was this Yeti hair that had been tested in China that came back as an unknown you know, type of primate. Right. Um, I, I know there were some, some hairs that have came out uh, that went to Dr. Henry Farenbach when he was uh, doing this. He has since retired from the field. Um, but I know there were some, some hair samples there that, were, that, that came back to unknown primates. But anything lately has been mostly, you know, horse cattle. And, uh, of course, nobody's seen the actual creature leave this hair behind. So when you find a piece of hair on a barbed wire fence or on a tree, you know, it's it, just like anything else. It's like throwing a dart. You know, what are the odds that it's going to be this or that? I mean, I could find buffalo hair and say, hey, this may be horse hair and it's buffalo hair. Sure. So, you know, you know, it's it's like throwing it's like throwing a dart. You really don't know. It's the same thing with trail camera placement. You could put three trail cameras up, five trail cameras up, but there's, you know, an infinite number of spots or tra- routes of travel an animal mm-hmm. can take, you know, to uh, avoid your camp. Let's go back in time a bit, Steve. Uh, what about the the Native Americans in their folklore, in their mythology, in in their tribal history? Does Bigfoot or Sasquatch play a part in it? Well, absolutely. In fact, the Iroquois, which is the uh, the Native American tribes that were in my area, called it the Arinarhe, and it stood for stone or stonish giant, I believe. And that was a very common term, and, and there's probably at least five tribes that have called it like their variation of stone giant or stonish giant. I know there's one translation that literally meant evil god that hides under the cover of woods. Right. Um, you know, you know, mountain boss or, you know, or man of the mountains. So, you know, the Native American descriptions of these things are, are very spot on because a lot of people will say when they see it, watching their campfire, they'll be standing there like a statue, just not moving. And, of course, you know, you figure it's a black or a brown animal, you know, with the hair orange-reddish, I'm sorry, reddish-brown. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. A combo meal, single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Next to a tree, you know, it could give it some some degree of camouflage per se, and it just stands there. Everyone sometimes people will will note that it's swaying, but that kind of means to me that you know. It could look like a stonish giant um, because because of their height, you know. And then you have the other characteristics, you know, evil god that hides under cover of woods. Well, that describes the Sasquatch dead on mm-hmm. uh, as far as their uh, as far as their uh, behaviors. So I, I think there is something to it, um, and you know, we have found a lot of things in, in Native American mythology that have, you know, turned out to be true in in actuality. 
um, maybe not to the degree of spiritualism they say it is, but but they, they certainly have had the physical characteristics. What about the park rangers, state police, um, local law enforcement, sheriffs, game wardens? Do, do they help you with the with with reports, uh, or is or is the research for Bigfoot a lot like it is in the UFO community, very severed? It, well, it is very severed, and um, you know, and it's it's strange because I've actually talked to a park ranger in the Adirondacks who said, "You know what? I don't think they're crazy. They could be anything out here in the woods." And yeah. I was kind of shocked he said that to me. Um, you know, I've talked to some of the Navajo park rangers that have mm-hmm. told me stories about, you know, foot tracks, as the, as the Native Americans like to call it, and people saying, can you pick up my camp because I, we're too scared to pick it up, wow. and they won't say why. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do know there's park rangers that have seen it. I know of at least two of them that mm-hmm. have. In fact, uh, you know, uh, one of them was from Oklahoma. We said, oh, yeah, we know it. We know they're there. But we just we they just had an ongoing policy that we don't really want to talk about it too much. Mm. You know, uh, I know police officers that have seen it. Um, you know, uh, you know we've had uh, you know Brian Goslin up in, in in Whitehall and Dan Gordon before he passed away we, we actually passed a lie detector test and and saw that. But you know when I did my monster quest, it, it's kind of I'm going to show you the kind of prejudice that that's on it. Well, the the Encon representative made a statement, well, if these things were out here, people would be seeing them. And I kind of scratched my head, what kind of statement is that? <laughs> when people are seeing that. And then hmm. the, the second comment, the second comment was made by was made by an anthropologist from Buffalo who turned around and said, well, there's no evidence that can support it that says that North America could support a large primate. And I, that floored me because last I checked, Homo sapiens, us, are large primates. True. So, you know, and the Native Americans have been there, you know, living off the land for, yes. you know, since the Stone Age. So, so I, I don't really, really get it. <laughs> All right, Steve, stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exo Nation Stephen Culls is our special guest. Great having Steve with us tonight. He is the founder and director of SasquatchDetective.com. And we're going to talk to Steve a little later on about his new website, ExtremeParanormalTeam.com. This is the XO, and I am Rob McConnell. The hour is dedicated to Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the Abominable Snowman, Yeti. All those names mean one thing, one big hairy monster. Fact or fiction? I think it's fact. I really do. Steve and I will be back on the other side of this uh, break with the news as we continue from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, live and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Starcom Radio Network, Digital Broadcast Network, and Digital Satellite Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. 
the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State certified occupational school training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com What if Jesus came back now and insisted that we listen to him? How would the world be different if Christians really followed the Gospels? For 2,000 years we've been practicing a religion. Now it's finally time to get it right. Read Liberating Jesus, new from Roberta Grimes. Meet the Jesus you never knew. Roberta uses afterlife evidence and biblical analysis to prove that Jesus is exactly right. Learning the lessons that he came to teach is the reason we are born at all. Roberta says he has come back now to insist that we actually listen to him so we can begin to use his teachings to unite and transform the world. Liberating Jesus on Amazon, October 1st, and then wherever books are sold. Jesus has the answers, and it's not too late. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Jeff Gilson didn't go out looking for adventure, danger, or the answers to most of the controversial political intrigues of the past 30 years. But he found all three when he began investigating the mysterious death of his close friend, Margaret Thatcher's favorite speechwriter. Just an ordinary guy living in a small, sleepy suburb 20 miles outside of London, Jeff's questions provoked a powerful response on both sides of the Atlantic. He was shot at, warned off by the CIA, and formed a close bond with one of Israel's most notorious intelligence officers. Relive Jeff's gripping adventure in his fast-paced book, Maggie's Hammer. Peel away the layers of establishment deception and discover, as Jeff did, that his friend was an assassin with British intelligence, that Great Britain has been America's secret hitman for the past 30 years, and that Princess Diana was not the target in that Parisian tunnel. All of this and more when you visit www.maggieshammer.com and find the link to buying this explosive book online. More and more ordinary people feel they no longer have control of their lives. Jeff fought back. He asked the difficult questions. He set out to redesign his own destiny. And you can do the same using Maggie's Hammer as your guide. Don't waste a moment. Buy it today. Visit www.maggieshammer.com. The Holistic Cancer Foundation is a new nonprofit foundation that focuses on a holistic approach to cancer that includes physical, mental, spiritual, and political aspects. Cancer education, research, and care are provided for all types of cancer patients. You can listen to interviews with cancer doctors and survivors and read research on holistic aspects of cancer at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. That's www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. 
hear ye. The king has just announced the release, no pun intended, of the latest book of comedy, The Endearing Fart by Eileen Dover, noted fartologist. The Endearing Fart from our butt does it dark. Without it we'd all suffer inside. So let it be, release it with glee, it's not comfy or easy to hide. The social norm would have us conform to withholding our gas for decorum. I'll not be a martyr, but rather a farmer. I'll risk being thought of a moron. But noisy but free, come fart with me. We'll not be shy or unyielding. A smelly toot? Who gives a hoot? It's natural, healthy, good feeling. The enduring fart is the perfect gift just for about anyone. Buy now at tinyurl.com forward slash to buy now. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Welcome back, Exo Nation. Steve Culls is our special guest for this hour, www.sasquatchdetective.com and www.extremeparanormalteam.com. Steve, what do you think it'll take to get the final proof, the, you know, the smoking gun that will satisfy everyone that Bigfoot is real? Well, I think, uh, unfortunately, the, the thing to satisfy everyone will probably be a specimen. Um, that's the unfortunate thing about it. Uh, that's just the way science is. They demand a body a lot of times. Mm. So, uh, you know, there's been more. I've always said this. There's more evidence to, to support the existence of a Sasquatch than there is to support uh, a, gi- a Gigantopithecus. Because you think about it, nobody's ever seen a Gigantopithecus <laughs> because it existed so far long ago. Right. But the only thing they have really to prove that it exists is a jawbone and a handful of teeth. They don't have a femur of a Gigantopithecus. They don't have a, uh, a vertebrae of a Gigantopithecus. Mm-hmm. Just a jawbone and some teeth. And that's, you know, if they can go on the existence on that, well, you know, then maybe if somebody can come up with a combination where we can get some DNA that maybe that we have it filmed while the extraction is taking place, audio in place, maybe a combination of the technologies, maybe that'll satisfy science. But I tend to doubt it the way they've treated this mystery about it. What, what, what research tips or Bigfoot uh, hunting tips do you have for people who may want to try their luck at getting the proof that Bigfoot does exist? 
Well, the first thing they have to realize is that unless they actually see a creature do something, mm-hmm. it's 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 not evidence. Like they can show me tree structures and bends and stones being moved all day long or food missing off a bench. If you've got no picture of a Sasquatch doing that, you've got no evidence. Um, you know, as far as foot, you know, as far as track evidence, that footprints are a form of forensic evidence. So yes, tracks are evidence, but tree bends are not, nests are not, you know, tree markers as some people have called it. And they, I just eternally bang my head against the wall sometimes when it comes to that. Um, that that's not evidence. Even sometimes audio evidence uh, is a little shaky because you really don't see what's making the noise. Um, the best you can do is just get out there, try to get some pictures off or try to get some audio or get mm-hmm. some tracks. And uh, that, that's what researchers have to do. And a lot of times I tell people, don't look down, look up, because a creature that size is going to be moving brush that's probably about the five foot, ten, six foot level. Easily. Wow. Um, you know, <clears throat> and I've actually been on a, on, on a sighting report that had occurred the previous mm-hmm. week. And I actually had tracked whatever it was they watched right down to the road. You can actually see the bus being moved at like the six foot, five foot, eight level, and that right out and down to the road. Of course, once it hit the road, it's any guess where it could have went. Sure. Steve, so. have you ever found any tracks or any evidence uh, of a younger Bigfoot? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, in 2012, uh, kind of funny, I, I got out of my tent to use a tree. Uh-huh. And it was about one o'clock in the morning, and I look up and I thought I saw this five foot brownish figure running across the trail. I just kind of rubbed my eyes on it. Now, <laughs> I, I just didn't get enough sleep. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. You know, you even three came back, went to sleep. Well, why don't you know the next morning somebody had found a nine inch track running perpendicular to the, the trail, just where I'd seen it running. Oh my gosh! So I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> All right, let's talk so, a bit now about your switch over from Bigfoot to the paranormal. What happened? Why the switch? Well, it was something that always interests me. You know, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of neat because, you know, my the reason I got into the Bigfoot research wasn't necessarily because I, I had a, a, a traumatic episode. Like a lot of people get involved, involved in research because they've seen something, heard something. Um you know, I, back in the early 90s, I was actually a UFO investigator for APRO. So to me, investigation to mysteries just comes naturally. I mean, I was a professional investigator. So when right. I, I get these mysteries, I'm like, that's really intriguing. I'd like to go out and just, you know, try it and see what it's like. And that's what I started doing. And uh, I, I joined this one group back in 2010. And uh, in 2013, uh we decided to, a couple of us decided to break off and form our own team because they weren't necessarily meeting what our needs were. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, a, it's just something that, you know, I saw on TV, of course, we saw ghost hunters and, you know, that was really the first show to bring a lot of this kind of stuff to the forefront. And it was like, Oh, I want to join a paranormal team. And that's what I did for a few years. And then we, uh, we just broke off, did our own thing. And, uh, we're having our, our goal and our focus at the uh, Extreme Encounter uh, Paranormal Team is basically to help people. Um, 
you know, even though we, we do very few public events, and the public events we do is to, to benefit historical societies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, Halloween we're doing to, to we're doing a, a, a ghost hunt and a dinner at a uh, old church that was built in the 1850s, and you know we're doing that, and all the funds are going right back to the, to the church to help maintain the building and the cemetery they have. And, you know, that, that's what we do. And, and the flip side, our payoff is getting to investigate in these wonderful old buildings and, you know, see what kind of, you know, evidence we can collect, be it EVP, be it video. Um, and so far we've been, you know, very, very lucky. We've, uh, we've been out to the Lizzie Boarding House. We caught an EVP in the Lizzie Boarding House, just a very quick investigation there while we were on tour. Right. We went to, to, to Gallows Hill out in Salem, which is the actual place where they hung the witches, Got some. Uh, not only did, did we get uh, a few good EVPs, we got actually a footstep, which was really creepy because you can hear something take a step and you just turn and go, "That wasn't me." <laughs> hmm. And then you know, and then we also got something on video there, some light anomalies and something that turned my recorder off. Wow! And it's kind of I was actually videotaping the flashlights and the recorders, mm-hmm. and this light anomaly comes by, and then my recorder turns off. <laughs> um, we've been to Saratoga Battlefield. We actually think we got a cannon shot um, in one, one of our recording sessions. Um, so we've, you know, been to some of the historical places. Uh, we we just did an ad hoc, uh, uh, a quick forty-five EVP session because we had the opportunity to do it at Bobby Mackey's World down in Kentucky this uh, just uh, last month. Mm-hmm. So we're still feathering through our audio with that. Um, some of the stuff is just totally amazing what we get. Um, you know, the Shanley Hotel, we believe we, we, we're still analyzing, but we believe we may have caught a, a, an apparition actually moving uh, past one of the cameras into a room right behind somebody that was standing there. Um, so some of the stuff is really just blows your mind. And that's just not, that's just the stuff that we've caught on, on evidence. But when you're there, I mean, I've been to locations um, where I've seen, you know, chairs move by themselves. Not very far, just, you know, like, like something, somebody just bumped it or something. Sure. But no, nobody's near it. And then there's a couple of times, uh, especially the, the Shanley Hotel down in Appanock, New York, it's, very, it's supposed to be one of the, uh, a very haunted place. Ghost Hunters has, has been there before. Um, and uh, in that that case, I was doing EVP sessions, and then we could distinctly hear the chair in the, mo- uh, the room behind us move. And when we asked to do it again, it did it again. So, so it was pretty uh, some some pretty creepy stuff. Um, but you know, it's 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 not so much uh, when I do those things. It's not so much really to get to gather evidence. I well, I like collecting EVPs. To me, it's just it's just a fascination. Now, conversely, when somebody's having an issue, and we did have that happen, um, you know, I have basically have been acting as the acting demonologist to the team. So if we have some, we, we don't back off from cases where people are claiming that they're, they have issues with, you know, the, the predator natural or the, the inhuman spirits. And that's, you know, we have no problem going in there and trying to, to resolve that issue. And usually it's either nothing's going on, two, this requires a psychologist, or three, you know, let's, let's see what we can do. We can bless the house or you know, do a house blessing or what we call a deliverance, which is basically an exorcism on a house. Uh, on a person directly, I generally would 
prefer it to clergy. We do have a spiritual advisor on our team, so which who is clergy? So how do you how do you put a lot of people? I'm I'm sorry. I was just going to ask you how you how do you conduct your investigation? Let's say uh, Jane Smith calls you and says, "Steve, I think there's a a ghost or a demon in my house." What do you do? Well, we 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 sit down. We conduct a long, long interview with the person. Mm -hmm. We talk, and usually Stacy, who is the other founder of the group, she'll sit there and do a a long thing. Then I'll I'll talk with her for him or her for a while. We'll see if there's any any psychological needs. Then we'll do we do baseline readings of the house entirely. Um, you know, we, we measure all the the EMS in the house because sometimes EMS can make people hallucinate or or do strange things. <laughs> but we, we we do that. We run through all our measurements. And in one particular case, and, and this happened, we did that. We interviewed this woman, and she was having a lot of activity by her bed. And when we talk, you know, as we're doing the EMS readings, we realized that her, she had this electric typewriter and I, her electrical panel wasn't throwing up, throwing up as much EMS as this electric typewriter. And this electric typewriter was on, was on the desk next to her bed. And that's where all the air, and that's the area she was having all the activity. So we talked, we did, we did some sessions, really didn't get much results. So we turned around, we talked about it, and we talked, and he said, listen, let's try something. I want you to unplug your typewriter and move it. Just get it right out of the room, and let me know what happens. Well, wouldn't you know, all the ghost activity stopped. So I think, really, it was the high EMS that was, you know, causing her to hallucinate or hear things that weren't there. Because I guess the EMS has a very similar effect like Infrasound does. Gotcha. Steve, why do ghosts hang around bars and taverns? Well, we all like to drink. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Steve. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, it, it, there's a lot of reasons why spirits stay where they are. They, some, my thought process, and this is, this is completely theoretical, of course, is that, you know, there's some spirits that don't want to let go. And there's some spirits that are just, they were loners in life, and maybe they just want to be loners in death. And, you know, you have your, 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 some spirits, like spirits of children, they're, they're trapped to get a message out or something. Right. Uh, you know, uh, I, I am not really into necessarily the, the high spiritual side of it. I mean, yes, I'm a demonologist. I try not to, ask, I, I don't really, my job is not to really ask about what's going on with the human spirits. My job is to delve with the inhuman spirits. But as far as the, uh, the human spirits, why? I, you know, they, they must have some kind of task left in their, their list. Now, there's also another another theory, conversely, that in actuality, what we're, we're looking at is not the afterlife. We're actually looking in a dimensional split, whereas we're actually, when we get this, we're getting, what we're doing is we're getting feedback from another dimension, a dimension and where people are having hauntings and seeing things. A lot of times, it's just, you know, cracks in the dimension, and they're just bleeding into this dimension. And that's one theory, too. I don't necessarily subscribe to it, but that's right. another way I've heard people describe it as well. Um, so what is the so what I, is I'm the pretty, what is the strangest thing that has happened to you as a demonologist? Because you know, UFO investigator to Bigfoot investigator now to demonologist. Yeah. The strangest thing I ever did, I had to conduct a, a deliverance on, on, on a residence and this woman had 
we, we had talked to her. We, uh, we had conference called her several times, spoke to her at hours. We actually got asked in by somebody that was trying to help her and they couldn't deal with it. So they asked us to come in and help. And this woman had been attacked and she was what we would call in, in very late stages of oppression. Uh, she was going to the doctor. Uh, she was having internal bleeding. They didn't know why uh-huh. where, or where she was internally bleeding from. We saw pictures of her having wounds on her arms, bite marks, uh, even wounds on her tongue. Um, you know, all inexplicable. You know, she'd get up and say this. She also had the weirdest orbs I've ever seen. And I'm not a big believer in orbs per se, right. but these orbs were just something that made me go, huh. And there was also pictures of black mists in her house that she had taken once in a while as well. So we knew something was there. We, we, we talked to her. And, All right, we'll, we'll go out to the house and we'll, you know, we'll do a deliverance on the house. And, you know, the other group that was there was another paranormal group. They said, yeah, there's, there's really some, you know, really deep stuff, dark stuff going there. So we arrived for this, uh, uh the deliverance. And of course it was a, a five hour drive. It was actually in the, uh, the Buffalo region. And, um, so we, we go in and, uh, you know, one of the team members I have is actually a, a sheriff, uh, sheriff's deputy. And he, you know, he, he came in to assist with us and, uh, she has a couple of dogs as well. And we get there and she looked like her stomach was so distended. She looked like she was seven months pregnant wow. at the time. And she was in a lot of, she was in a lot of pain and, um, all right, we, we did, yeah, so we go up, we do the deliverance. Uh, we do the deliverance, so it's basically just a rite of exorcism. And we did it in her bedroom because that's where she felt most oppressed. Where is it the worst? It's in the bedroom. Okay, boom. We'll, we'll conduct the ceremony in the bedroom. And we did. And towards the end of the ceremony, the dog started going crazy for no reason at all. We actually had a, a team member down there going, I don't know what happened to the dogs. All of a sudden, they just started barking. And I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. And we go downstairs and... You know, she was now she's on the couch riding pain. We had finished it. We all agreed that the upstairs was now a lot lighter than it had ever been. Um, we go downstairs, and all of a sudden, she starts to vomit into a trash can, and uh, everybody was around her. I didn't, I stayed off to the side, and I just kept reciting a large prayer. Next thing you know, she after she threw up, she's like, I feel better, and she stood up, and all of a sudden, I heard gasps. Her stomach was completely normal. Oh, my gosh. The distension was completely gone. So that was probably the weirdest thing. That was 10 months ago, going on 11 months ago. And uh, not good. She has been living a great life and feeling 100% better. No more internal bleeding, no nothing. So I, I can't explain it. <laughs> you so, know, uh, I, I wouldn't have believed it myself if I hadn't been there. So when you're going to do a deliverance, um, d- is this a generic prayer or a generic exorcism that no, you I, would do? Or how do you, how do you, you know, I always thought that you had to find out which demon it was before you could exercise, exercise it. Well, I, I, I kind of look at it this way. I, you know, Ed Warren had always said that, you know, he trained people to say that, you know, the right, no matter what right, he's always used the, the Roman Catholic right, and that works. Yeah. So that's what we, we use, the Roman Catholic, you know, right. Doesn't necessarily mean that the person has to be spiritual or anything like that. We, you know, uh, you know, we leave an instruction list for people, too, because, you know, I, I've had people that said, oh, yeah, well, I tried to figure out what's going on, and I'm trying to get EVPs, and it made it worse. 
well, of course, you invited it in. So we try to, you know, we also give them a big list of, you know, what not to do after after everything's done. And, you know, if people are, if they don't want mm-hmm. that, that particular type of, of right, well, then, you know, they have to go to something, they may have to go to somebody else. Steve, the time is up for tonight. What is your message for the XO Nation tonight? Hey, everybody, all I got to say is keep on squatching. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> always great talking to you. Keep up the great work, my friend. If anything important comes up, let me know. We'll get you on the show as fast as we can. Will do, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Great talking to you again, Steve. Take care of yourself, my friend. Exo Nation, Steve Calls has been our guest this hour. He's the founder director of SasquatchDetective.com. And also now with ExtremeParanormalTeam.com. That's once again SasquatchDetective.com and ExtremeParanormalTeam.com. Now I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center. Whoa, Craig, that was a little loud. Our broadcast center here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Starcom Radio Network, Digital Broadcast Network, and Digital Satellite Network. Worldwide, toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, TV, and our main website where you can listen 24-7, 365. TV.com. 